I'm your host, Angela Bowen, and welcome to another episode of Punky Power, an unofficial Punky Brewster podcast. Today I'll be discussing Season 2, Episode 15, Girls Will Be Boys, which aired on January 12, 1986. In this episode, Punky receives a remote-controlled race car as a gift. She wants to take it to the racetrack, or the racing track, but they do not allow girls to compete there. Alright, word of warning, I'm going to try to fly through this episode as it was kind of meh, it was good, but it was meh for me. Alright, the episode opens with Betty watching the girls. They're all sitting on the couch crocheting what Betty refers to as granny squares for an afghan. I did find the definition for granny square because I wasn't sure what it was. The granny square is a classic crochet motif and is often one of the first things that a person masters when first learning how to crochet. But there are plenty of people who start with crochet rows and don't yet know how to crochet the granny square. Punky complains her square is lopsided and Cherry laughs because <laughs> my square has my granny square has no middle. Betty tells them they'll make good pot holders, and Cherry asks about the afghan. Then Betty assures her, you know, they'll just buy an electric blanket. Yeah, electric blankets are the best. I like to use one when I'm writing my show notes, like when I was doing that this afternoon and last night. Just then, Henry comes in wearing this hideous and enormous buffalo horn hat. The girls and Betty all laugh at this. Betty tells the girls to run for cover. It's a buffalo stampede! And the girls dash behind the arm of the couch, giggling. Henry tells the girls that the hat has been around for 15 years, and he's proud to be a, mem- a member of the Benevolent Order... Uh, the Benevolent Order of Buffalo. I notice Brandon's got some ropes of yarn around his neck as the girls laugh, and Brandon's head is kind of turned to the side a little to gaze at Henry, and it kind of looks like he too is chuckling. If a dog could laugh, he was doing it. Betty lets go with an uproarious belly laugh, and who can blame them because boy oh boy does he look ridiculous in that hat. I bet that hat weighs a ton. I wonder what kind of damage it's doing to his neck and spinal cord having to hold that thing up. He asks Punky if he looks ridiculous and she asks him, do you want me to fib? And that's when we notice he's got a large brown paper wrapped package under his arm and he tells her he picked it up for her at the post office. And this leads her to lie her butt off about how much he loves that hat. He hands her the package from Sandy's Hobby and Game Shop, and he tells her it seems that you've won a prize. And that's when Punky reminds Cherry, remember when we put our names in a fishbowl for that contest? They both think it's got to be the tea set that they were looking at, and Punky begins to describe it while she's opening it. Then she's surprised when it turns out to be a remote-controlled race car. Henry thinks that the store must have thought Punky was a boy's name, and he tells her, don't open it, we can take it back. But Punky's like, well, how would I know if I want to keep it? He, if she doesn't look at it first, Henry chastises her, saying, Punky, you don't want this, it's a boy's toy. What? <laughs> Alright, I know it's the 80s, but what? In today's world, where everything has to be gender neutral now otherwise someone might get offended and i'm sure they take offense to henry's comment i want to play this clip where henry explains that it has to be assembled and what apparently girls can't do that they they can't put things together apparently 
Something that's got a hundred pieces to it? Come on. Now, why would they send a racing car to a nine-year-old girl? Congratulations. Your name has been selected from hundreds of other boys. <laughs> Evidently, they thought Punky was a boy's name. Oh, don't open it. If you do, they won't take it back. But how will I know if I want to keep it or not? Punky, you don't want to keep it. It's for boys. But why? It doesn't say boys only on the box. This car has to be assembled. There are more than a hundred pieces in there. You'd never be able to put it together. You mean because I'm a girl? Well, yes, in a manner of speaking. Punky looks at him crossly when she asks, what, I can't put this together because I'm a girl? And Henry flat out tells her yes, in fact, I suppose. See, Henry grew up back when girls played with dolls, pretended to be nurses and mothers, and skipped rope, etc. And boys were the ones who caught frogs, fished by the pond, built go-karts, and hunted. Henry forgets that Punky totes both those lines being a little bit of a tomboy, standing up to and fighting boys, wearing jeans, and she's also a girly girl when playing with dolls, having tea parties, and having slumber parties. Betty jumps up at this completely offended and say, Buffalo Bull, go Betty, go! Stick it to him! She tells him it's Punky's car and to let her build it. Punky turns to Henry and at first they thought she was going to be hurt, that he didn't have faith in her that she could put the car together because she's a girl, but she tells him she feels she could put the car together. Then Henry spouts some mumbo-jumbo from his buffalo club, and the girls along with Betty give him a confused and irritated look as they take the car into the kitchen. Finally, he takes that ugly, dang ugly hat off. Ugh. The next day, Alan asks Henry, who's resting in a hammock, where Punky is, and he tells him that she's in her room putting her remote-control car together. He tells Alan he hopes Punky will eventually come out long enough to meet a husband. Okay, that's kind of sexist, as Alan and Henry laugh. Because she's a girl, it'll take her forever to put it together, really? Alan mentions how he offered to help build it for her, but she told him it wouldn't be the same. Then Alan jokes, saying, of course not. I mean, if I had built it, it would it would run. As he delivers a playful punch to Henry's arm, and they have a good laugh at her expense. Then we see whip around the corner, the remote control car, race car, looking awesome as it zips and spins around in the dirt. This takes a smile off the boys' faces real quick. Punky races around the corner and asks what they think, She just since she just finished it. She's got this thing doing donuts in the dirt as Alan and Henry both exclaim, It runs? In astonishment, utterly amazed. Punky kneels on the dirt between them as she brings the car to a stop in front of them. Smiling, she tells Henry, of course it runs. That's what it's supposed to do. He tells her he's proud of her and tells her, I'm going to go get my camera and take a picture of my little grease monkey as he races inside. Aww. Alan compliments her on a job well done and comments on how her car makes his look like a tin can on wheels. He tells her he bets her car could burn rubber at the regulation track. He asks if he can borrow it for the race at Mr. Matsey's, and Punky asks who he is, and Alan tells him, well, that's Richmond's dad. Richmond 
played by Peter Billingsley, most known from the movie A Christmas Story, and we'll meet him in Season 2, the Christmas shoplifting episode, when he introduces Punky and Cherry to the Matsy method of shopping. He tells her the track has a mud jump and a sand pit and, a hair, and hairpin curves. Wow, I kind of want to do this now. She's definitely stoked now and asks if... And he asks if he can borrow her car. I'd be like, no way! Use your tin can on wheels! No way! I'm gonna race it myself, she tells him, crossing her arms. Good for you, Punky! You go, girl! Alan tells her, sorry, Punky, no girls allowed. The track's just for us guys. As he grins smugly at her, like, take that. How you like them apples? Just for guys? Punky yells at him irritatedly. She is majorly pissed off now. She points out that she built that car with girl hands and a girl brain. Then she tells him they're going to the track right now. Now we're at the track, and I guess Peter Billingsley is back as Richmond. I don't know why I thought he was only in one episode. He and his dad, along with some other boys, are hanging over a railing against the side of a building, racing their cars on the track. Richmond's dad tells him to run the other car ahead of him off the track, so he does and wins the race. The kid is angry and gets into a Chevy match, but Richmond's father breaks it up and reminds the boys there can only be one winner. And of course... One loser. As the kid walks off in a defeated huff, as Richmond calls after him, making clucking chicken noises. His dad and the other boys laugh along with them as he tells the boys that some boys just can't take the heat. Alan and Punky come inside the fence, and he introduces her to Mr. Matsy and the other boys. Mr. Matsy makes fun of Punky, telling her, What you got in the bag? Your sewing kit? And she tells him, No, it's my racing car. And he tells her, sorry, little lady, we don't have no powder puff events here. Basically telling her to move along and leave. Richmond teases Alan about how he can't go anywhere without his little girlfriends hanging around. Alan turns into a jerk here, telling him, well, I didn't want to bring her, but you know women. Nag, nag, nag. I had a mixture of guy friends and girlfriends at her age, and the boys weren't embarrassed to have me play with them. At least not the guys in my cl in my class. We played Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and other things on the playground. Richmond tells him to get her out of here before she hurts herself, telling him, this ain't no tea party. Alan tells them to check out her car. It really cooks. Then Richmond's dad adds, so does Betty Crocker, and tells her to go home and play with her dolls. Then, and the boy, uh, he and the boys walk off the track. Punky stops Alan, asking him, Alan, do something. What exactly can he do other than stick up for you? Which he kind of did a little when he told them to check out your car. He tells her, well, loan me your car and I can win the race. Forget it, Alan. You're just as big a jerk as the rest of them. Punky looks at Alan and tells him, eat my dust. Then she leaves, and he shakes his head, like, whatever. Back at the apartment, Punky recalls to Henry what happened at Mr. Matsy's, and Henry tells her that doesn't sound very diplomatic of him. She tells him, well, let's go, and he asks, well, where are we going? And she tells him, to Mr. Matsy's. Instead, Henry sits there and tells her the story of the one and only female who ever jo joined his Buffalo Lodge Club. Yawn.
He tells her how Minerva was so determined to join. She wrote letters, got a petition together, and also threatened with a lawsuit. Wow, go girl, go. Finally, they settled out of court and let her join. Turns out the club was apparently too much for Minerva, and she handed in her tail after the second meeting, and they never saw her again. Wow. And after all that work, too. Funky starts pulling on Henry's hand to get him off the couch. Clearly, she's over story time and wants to take action. He tells her he can drive that in, that she can drive that infernal car anywhere, so... Why go to the one place you're not wanted? Oh, thank you, Henry. I'm sure she feels so much better. Not wanted. Some of the two most hurtful words in the human language. She tells them it's she tells them because it's wrong to keep me out, and I want you to tell them that. He tells her he can't tell them that because he thinks they're right. Ooh, ow. My heart. It hurts so much, those words. Punky looks at him hurt as she slowly lowers herself to the couch in shock at his words. Later, Henry's in the kitchen making dinner when there's a knock on the back door and Mike comes in exclaiming, Ooh, what smells so good? I see he's holding a pink wrapped package. Maybe for Punky? He tells Mike they're having spaghetti bow ties, which is Punky's favorite dinner. The package Mike tells him is dessert, and he asks where Punky is, and he tells him when she's busy sulking in her room. Mike tells him that Punky had asked him to speak to Henry about the car business. Henry turns to Mike to tell him that child could be so stubborn. Typical female. Oh, he did not just say that. Mike even looked at him like, Wow. And tells Henry, I didn't know there was such a thing. Mike goes over and speed chops up a cucumber and then examines his fingers to make sure they're all attached. Henry adds o heads over and grates the cheese, telling Mike she only wants to go to the racetrack because she can't. Mike stands up for her and tells Henry she put a lot of work, hard work into building that car and she just wants to race it on a, in, on a regulation track. Understandable. I mean, you can only do spins and donuts with it for so long before you'll get bored. Henry tells him that's not the point. She's a little girl, and he doesn't want her hanging out with a bunch of ruffians at a racetrack. Mike tells her these b are boys her own age, not the Hell's Angels. Henry tells him he remembers what it was like to be a nine-year-old boy, and Mike tells him that was ages ago, and boys don't wear knickers and garters anymore. Henry adds that Punky's acted like a tomboy long enough. It's high time she acts and dresses like a girl. Well, don't worry, Henry. Her time is coming. Just you wait till season three and you'll be dealing with a preteen. With makeup and bras and crushes on boys, then you'll be begging her to be a tomboy again. <laughs> I'm sure he does at one point. I want to play this clip of Mike and Henry's discussion of Punky and her tomboy ways and how Henry wants her to act like a girl. All right, I'll be right back. And that's another thing. Punky's looked like a tomboy long enough. It's high time she dressed and acted like a girl. Now, hold on, Henry. Hold on. What if Sally Ride's father felt the same way? There would be no women in space. Or what about Joan of Arc's dad? No women in the army. Or Jane Goodall's father? No women in the jungle. And that's the one that keeps me awake all night. 
Henry, without women like that, this world would be a very boring place for us guys. Mike, I have the highest respect for Sally, Joan, and Jane. However, it's Punky I'm trying to raise. And you're doing a commendable job. But you must admit that Punky's being unfairly discriminated against. Come on, Mike. She'll forget about the whole thing in a week or two. I don't think so, Henry. She wants you to stand up for her rights. And I happen to believe that it's a boy's right to pursue his activities without girls. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Now, now back up for a second, Henry. Back up. Are you saying if Punky was a boy and built that same car, that you stand up for her? But she's not a boy, and she's not going to hang around a racetrack, and that's final. Mike goes on about the first woman in space, jo- the Joan of Arc's dad, and no women in the army, and Jane Goodall's father. He tells Henry Punky's being discriminated against, and she wants him to stand up for her rights. Henry tells him it's a boy's right to being able to to um. It's a boy's right being able to enjoy racing cars without a girl around to try to show them up. And then Mike remarks how if Punky were a boy, would he feel the same way? Henry yells at Mike that the discussion is closed and to sit down so they can enjoy their dinner. The way Henry slams that food onto Mike's plate with so much hostility, you can hear the spoon, like, forcibly hitting that plate every single dine time he ladles food onto it. They both begin to eat and occasionally steal glances at each other across the table, like they're waiting for the other to crack or give in. Where's Punky? They didn't call her to dinner? Mike then calls out to Punky and then heads to her room, while he heads out in the living room. Yeah, you know, and I was like, yeah, I bet she's not even in there. Yeah, she probably climbed down the tree. Oh, I guess she is there because she comes out from... The other side of the door, which isn't where she normally would come from if she were coming from her room, which is kind of different. (laughs) Where was she at? I mean, wouldn't that be by Henry's room, maybe? He tells her he's got good news and bad news. The good news is Henry made her favorite bow tie spaghetti and fudge brownies that he brought for dessert. The bad news is he wasn't able to convince Henry to let her race her car at the track because he's convinced it's only for boys. As he passes by Brandon heading back into the kitchen, he pulls out Punky's sock from his mouth and then gives him, here, here's Henry's sock. You can chew on that. I had to laugh at that. I thought that was funny. We move to the racetrack as we see a really awesome tall trophy. Then Richmond and his dad are working on his race car, giving them some adjustments. Richmond tells Bobby, the boy he beat the other day, to get his own tools. Then, behind the fence, we hear Punky and Cherry, and Punky tells Cherry to act like a boy. When Cherry nervously asks, well, do you think this will work? Punky talks smack about how the Matsy's racetrack is for crap, and how they'll blow the doors off the competition in time to get home and catch the hockey game on TV. Mr. Matsy spies them, and Punky refers to herself as Bucky Warnemont and Cherry as Charlie Johnson. He asks, Mr. Matsy asks how they heard about the track, and Punky tells him, eh, we heard about it in the locker room, or the pool hall, or wherever guys like them hang out. Mr. Matsy doesn't even bat an eye at this. He introduces them to the other boys. Richmond slugs Punky in the arm, as, and when he turns his back... Punky turns to Cherry and grasps her arm in pain. Ouch! Dang, that boy can pack a punch! Mr. Massey holds up the trophy for the, the boys to drool over. 
Alan comes in late and talks smack to Richmond how he's going to cream him, and then Richmond points to Punky and Cherry getting their names wrong on purpose, and Punky corrects him, telling him it's Bucky and Charlie. I notice that Richmond's got a stutter here, or maybe it's Peter, the actor, who has it. She asks if he ever fought in the Golden Gloves, or, well, because he asks, have I ever seen you before? She asks, have you ever fought in the Golden Gloves? Or has your Little League team ever made it to the state finals? Then she asks, are you into hockey? Or are you into karate? He answers no to all of this, and she tells him, well, then you don't know me. Alan looks at the car she's holding up and immediately recognizes Punky. Punky puts her finger to her lips to silence him. Like, shut it, Alan. Seriously. He doesn't recognize Cherry, though, as he mentions, Hey, fella, you know you're hanging out with a girl, right? Punky and Richmond hassle each other, and then she makes the mistake of taking off her hat and exposing her long hair. Whoops. Richmond gasps in, sh in shock as at this revelation. So do the other boys. She, like, realizes her mistake too late. Like, oh, crap. And she goes to put her hat back on, but Richmond, like, steps over to her and yanks the hat off her and Cherry's head. Turns to his dad and says, hey, dad, we're being invaded by women. Henry comes to her rescue after Richmond's dad disqualifies her from the race. I want to play this clip as Henry stands up for his daughter. Alan and the boys razz Richmond for being scared of possibly being beat by a girl. So I'll be right back. And why may I ask if she disqualified? Henry, you came after all! Say, who are you? Her old lady in disguise? <laughs> I, sir, am her father. Well, then you know why she doesn't qualify. She's a girl. Buffalo bull. <laughs> I'm ashamed to admit it, but I used to be just as big a jerk as you. I used to think that they were girl activities and boy activities. Now I realize how important this is to Punky, and I don't want my daughter to grow up thinking there are certain things she cannot do because of her sex. Now, she built this car, it qualifies, and I'm here to stand up for her right to race it. All right, Henry. You've come a long way, baby. The race continues, and of course, Punky wins it, and Henry hugs her and tells her that he's proud of her. And Richmond's father gives her the trophy, but not after needling his son about, you know, you could have tried harder, or I hope you're happy you got beat by a girl. So that's the end of the episode. It's time for my Brandon Tailwag episode rating. I'm giving it three out of five Brandon Tailwags. One, for Punky going undercover to compete in a boys-only race. Two, for Mike coming to Punky's aid when Henry doesn't didn't want her to compete in the race and wants her to be more like a girl. Three, for Henry coming around at the end of the race and telling her he's proud of her. And he defends her to Mr. Matsey. I knocked off two tail wags. One, for Henry in the beginning telling Punky she can't have the car because she's a girl and forbidding her to race and focus on being a girl and not a tomboy. Two, for the high amount of sexism in this episode from Henry Allen, Richmond, and his dad, it was gross and very annoying. Time for Punky's principles. I feel girls should be able to at least do what men can do. If anything, to give it at their all, not to prove... If anything, to give it their all. Not to prove, like, hey, I'm a girl, I can do whatever you can do, but to have the chance to compete and give, like I said, give something their all. Let's hear some YouTube comments. Why don't you go home and play with your dolls? Yeah, 
You're probably right. I should. They're probably less delicate than you. That I liked. I thought that was funny. Someone commented. They kind of threw that together. I like Mike. He is a good teacher and always stands up for Punky. This teaches us that there is not something that is just for boys and just for girls. Gosh, I thought Henry was going to be so supportive. Guess not. The scene where Punky and Cherry dress up like boys, you would think the boys notice they're the only boys walking like girls. This person says, I was a tomboy growing up and I still am one. People shouldn't be forced to be in a box. They should be celebrated for who they are. Growing up, I wanted to wear boys clothes and my grandma always gave me crap for it. I asked for Ninja Turtles and I was told I didn't want... I was told I didn't want toys like that. I wanted Barbies. I did get Ninja Turtle toys with a lot of begging. I still have them, and I'm proud of them because it's a symbol of me standing up for myself at a young age. Yes, that is beautiful. I myself also had Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle slippers when I was nine, and I got a Lionel Thundercats action figure when I was four or five. Also, I remember the time in first grade I was living with my aunt at the time and she made a whole fuss because my dad got me shoes that looked more like boy shoes because they were blue and white. Well, join me tomorrow when I discuss a special Halloween episode, Season 2, Episode 10, Love Thy Neighbor, in honor of Halloween. Alright guys, you have a wonderful day and I will see you again tomorrow. Bye bye.